given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. It's good to see every one of you here tonight. Uh, today, I want to uh, speak on a message I titled, Power Over Satan. Power Over Satan. Uh, just want to let you all know this. That the Lord said in Genesis chapter 1, beginning from verse 26, it says, Let us make man in our own image and in our likeness. So God, when he created us, he wanted us to not just look like him, his image, he wants us to be a copy of himself. Image and likeness. Not just image, but likeness. Now, God is a spirit. God is a spirit being. There are two classes of spirit beings. Two classes of spirit beings. There is God, and then there are angels. With angels, you have two classes as well. Fallen angels and angels, right? Fallen angels. So we can understand that. But there's one thing that ties spirits together uh, from other living beings. The ability to speak. So we are speaking spirits. Animals don't speak. They make noises. You read my book, I had to research that, but it's clear animals can't speak. They can't think and then verbalize what they're thinking to make any sense. They make noise, maybe they can understand, but they don't use language. Only spirits use language. God uses language. Angels can speak. You know, you've read that in the scriptures. And uh, demons can speak as well. And they can speak your language. Talk to you in your head. So that's the way it is. But what you have to realize is this. Two classes. We are made in God's class. Please understand that. Because Hebrews tells us very clearly. To which of the angels has God ever said. Today. You are my son. They don't have that ability. God can never do that. Falling or upright spirits. They were not created in God's image. They are not in the class of God. But we were created in God's image. Now, let me say this. That Satan and the fallen spirits, they are at the lower end of spirits. Amen. They are on the lower end of spirits. And Satan is fear. And God is love. I'm going somewhere with this. Now, Satan 
is the essence of fear. And God is love. Satan just don't have fear. He is fear. And God is love. Let me say this. In our earth, in the universe today, the most fear-filled being is Satan. The most fear-filled being, I know we don't realize this, is Satan. He's scared. He has to lie. He has to manipulate to survive. He has basically nothing now. When he was driven from heaven, he deceived Adam and had some authority. The Bible called him, calls him the God of this world. But when Jesus came, none of that. He's very scared. His only power is deceit. And you believe in his deceit. And he's scared that you might find the truth. And if you find the truth, he has nothing but to get away from you. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil, and he just don't run from you, he flees from you. Because you will not resist until you know the truth. But once you know the truth, and you resist him, he's bound to leave. That's why I don't have any worry uh, when it comes to casting out devils. It's not a big deal, because God has given us the authority to do that. And all I have to do is speak truth to this individual. Let them know. Just tell him you don't want them anymore. And they have to go. They are totally powerless. Let me tell you how scared. In my mind, the way I see how Satan began to be really scared. When When he was here, he was God of the world. God of this world. But when Jesus came, there was trouble around. And he had no understanding. In his mind, Jesus was too much trouble. He was going to kill him and retain whatever he had. But after Jesus was killed, you have to read between the lines as you read scriptures. I see this so clearly. I'm sure all the demons were like high-fiving, we got him now, he's going to die. And people would say, you believe in God, come on from the cross. It was, they were really happy on this day. Yeah, you can tell. Because they wanted him dead. All those Jews saying, crucify him, crucify him. Guess who were behind those guys? Demons. Some of the people that heard this sermon were among that crowd. But after his death, he tells us in the scriptures, then you begin to see Satan now was truly afraid. Maybe I've made a serious mistake here. And there is no going back. I see that when you read in Matthew chapter 27, uh, verse 62. After Jesus has been buried, it says, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate. The chief priests and the Pharisees 
they were not very concerned. They were not thinking about anything but to kill him when they killed him. Now, after his death, after his burial, now somebody said something, and guess where it came from? I believe that was from the enemy. One person said, who, do you remember? He said he was going to rise up. Oh, where do you think that came from? Satan. They were very concerned. How? You see, and they were thinking like natural men. If he comes back up like Lazarus, we'll kill him. We'll do something about this. And not just the high priest. You can imagine the top Jewish men. They were very worried. And Satan behind them. I uh, was in prison. Uh, excuse me. Did, what did I say? <laughs> prison ministry. And Michael was reading uh, the, the uh, story uh, where Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And, and uh, usually I sit and, and listen to them speak. If I have something, I'll say afterwards. And Michael read that. And... Um, John leaning on Jesus' chest. Who is it, Lord? And Jesus said, when I dip this bread, if I, whoever I give it to, that's the father. And he dipped the bread in the soap and gave it to Judas, right? And Judas took it and Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Remember that? And he says, right after that, the devil entered into him. You see, you can't do the devil's work until you are anointed by him first. That's what I found. Satan anointed him. The devil, I mean, this is Satan himself. This was a huge job to be done. Huge. For, to kill the son of God. And you, no ordinary man is going to take that. You need satanic anointing. And Satan entered. And he's still doing it today. The Antichrist is going to be, Satan is going to enter a human being. That's the way he's going to do. He's going to do it. So he entered him. So devil, the devil was involved in every aspect of what was going on. And so now they were worried. They came to Pilate saying, sir, we remember. Why didn't you remember before you killed him? We remember while he was still alive. How the deceiver said, after three days, I will rise. They got it. After three days, I will rise. They were very worried about this. Therefore, command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he has risen from the dead. So the last deception will be worse than the first. Where are they getting all of these things from? Where did they get all of this thinking? Guess who was behind it? Satan was lying. That was in the concern about deception. They were afraid he was going to rise. And if he rises, more trouble for us. There is no stopping him now. In the Bible tells us in Second, First Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 7 says, but we speak the wisdom of God. This was the wisdom of God hidden from Satan. He had no idea that he was destroying himself and destroying his kingdom by putting Jesus on the cross. 
He had no idea. Not only destroying himself and destroying his kingdom, all of his works have to be destroyed. Remember what he says in First John chapter 3 verse 8? He says, Satan has sinned from the beginning. Satan has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil, that means possession, sin, everything that Satan is doing on the earth, he was manifested to destroy all of them. And let me tell you what, he has destroyed all of them. All of them destroyed. Satan has nothing against a human standing with Christ. Nothing. Sometimes I, I, you, I, when I'm uh, dealing with somebody back in Nigeria, when, uh, sometimes here too, I'm praying for somebody who is demon-possessed or demonized. That's the word to use, demonized. And the demons manifesting and, and people are so scared. You don't have to be afraid of them. They're scared of you. Oh, yes. If you give them room, they'll work in your life. But the day you find out the truth, all you have to say, no. And they have to leave you. They have no choice. They know you found the truth. They have nothing with which to harm you. Except with lies and deception. That's all. So the guy said, well, don't do that here. We got children here. And if you cast the devil out, the devils might go into the children. And I look at them and I say, really? If he's that dumb to leave the person and go into the child, I'll go after him in the child. The battles will continue. But they can't do that. They don't have the authority to do that. You have to open up for them to come in. By something that you've done... Or fear. But if you're not afraid and you haven't done anything to invite them, they can't come into your life. It's impossible. They just cannot. But if you find that you've done something wrong that has brought them into your life, all you have to do is tell God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And the Bible says very clearly, if we confess our sins, God is what? Faithful. And just to forgive us all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And once you are no longer unrighteous, you got authority. Tell him to get lost. And they don't have any choice. They have to go. We don't have to be afraid of them. You know, I've joked here before because people are scared about what they call a haunted house. You see that haunted house? And you know, says, put that, said something moves in the house. Because the demon threw something and they are so scared. And they wonder, who? Did you see that? He just moved. And I joked here about it. For me today, if he moves it, I said, is that all you can do? I can throw it off the window. You just moved it a little bit. That's the best you can do. Let me show you how it's done. Pick it up and throw it out. And ask him, can you do that? That's true. He's just trying to scare you. And I'm not scared by that. The story is told about Smith Wigglesworth. He moved his bed and stood there like, see what I've done? Smith says, oh, it's you. Back. Move that bed back where you got it. And he did. 
get lost. It says in Second Corinthians 2 verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained. So God ordained the hidden wisdom before the ages for what? For what? Our glory. For our glory. Which none of the rulers of this world, and we're not talking about people, okay? Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. If Satan knew that crucifying Jesus was going to be his undoing, he wouldn't have done it. He stirred up the people and destroyed himself. And that's what he does when he comes at you and is is fighting you and causing you too much trouble. Guess what? He's working the platform uh, and foundation for your promotion. If you're scared, that means if God allows it. If God has allowed it, that means God says, I can trust him to handle it. Just like Job. You remember that? When it's over, you're better off. And it's going to be over. It's going to be over. No matter what you're going through, it's going to be over. The only thing is, have no fear. Stay with God. Hold on to Him. And He'll come through. He'll come through. Listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 2. Having disarmed principalities and powers. Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He disarmed, meaning Satan had nothing to fight with. Before Jesus came, he had something to fight with. He was the God of the world. But after the death of Jesus and Jesus rose, he had nothing. Absolutely nothing but lies. Disarmed means everything that he has to fight with is gone. Totally, forever disarmed. So all he does was is lies. Just lies. And I remember when I was a student in the University of Georgia, I, I was just coming in, coming into the United States first. I had this preacher who had a homosexual brother, and uh, he was trying to get the demon out. And, and if you've ever dealt with casting a demon out of a, a homosexual, it's not a pretty sight. It's very, very, just to watch what's happening, it's, it's not easy. I tried it, with, tried it. I was trying to do that with a kid, uh, young man. He was, he was rough. I, I was holding back because I thought any moment he could die to see the force of these demons as they were trying to leave. And uh, I can't go into the detail. It's pretty rough. Now, so he was trying to cast the demon out, and the demon spoke to him. And he's a preacher. And he said, the demon says, he made the mistake of asking him, what's your name? And the demon said, Lucifer. And I'm thinking, 
your brother a homosexual? As he said that, he says, brothers, you have to pray for me. I'm trying to cast out Lucifer from my brotherhood. I thought to myself, I was new. I didn't know the fellow. If I knew him, I would tell him, Lucifer came being your brother. Your brother is not president. Nobody knows your brother in Georgia. He's just living here. He, has, he doesn't have a good place to live. What we sit and be, you mean Lucifer will leave the whole world and come and stay with your brother? Give me a break. And for that reason, he quit. He, you could tell he was so afraid. I'm dealing with Lucifer. That's, that's wrong. That's a lie. The only power Satan has is that of deceit. If I hear that, I say, I know you're not Lucifer. Now you just lie. Come out of this person. Okay? And just for catching him in the lie, he knows you know better. Amen? And he knows he has to leave. There is no hiding from this fellow. He was scared. But he lied. So Jesus has disarmed him. Totally. He's been totally disarmed. Not just in principalities and powers. And Jesus made a public spectacle of it. I mean, he was out all over the world. And you can see the public spectacle till today. All over the world. As God's people move on using the name of Jesus. We are in Christ. We have been given the order from the Lord to do the same thing. To do the same thing. Make a public spectacle. In other words, enforce his defeat. Everywhere you find it, enforce his defeat. Everything has been put under our feet. Listen to what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22, 23. And he put all things under his feet. All things. That means things in heaven, things on the earth, and things under the earth. And we're talking about beings. All the beings are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. All things have been put under Jesus' feet. And gave him to be head over all things to the church. So everything is under his feet. But for the church, he is the head of the church. And then he says this, which is the church is his body, the fullness of him. So the church is Jesus' fullness. He's part of Jesus. The fullness of him that fills everything, that fills all in all. So we are part of his body. In, in uh, John chapter 14, verse 20, Jesus made it very clear. In that day, at that day you will know. That I am in my Father, you in me, and I in you. So we are part of this body. And all things are under our feet. Satan, I like that song. He is under my feet, right? It's amazing how Christians think, you know, Satan is under my feet. And something moves in their house. They are scared of something that is under their feet. Just because they don't know. He has put all things under his feet. And God's depending on you and I to enforce it. We are his body, the body of Christ that fills all in all. 
again in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10, it says to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. To who? We're not talking about preaching to people. He says to what? Principalities and powers. I would think to say the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the people of God, right? By the preacher. That's not what the scripture says. The manifold wisdom of God, we have it. And we are to make the devil know we have it and you don't have anything. That's what he's saying. We have the wisdom of God, what God has done, how God has disarmed the enemy, and we have authority over them, and we are against them knowing that they've lost everything. There is no hope. In that case, they are totally hopeless. There is no redemption for them. It's over for them. We let them know that. So we are to let the enemy know that. The church. Let me show you this to you. How, how much authority that every believer has. Why you shouldn't be afraid. I think we should be more afraid of our relationship with him than the devil and what he's doing. They are totally powerless when it comes to your life. The only thing they can do in your life is what you allow them. They just, and I was telling, tell, talking to somebody, read through the New Testament. Say, uh, Paul hardly referred to the devil. His name is hardly mentioned. Hardly. Sometimes you hear people say things like, the devil did this, the devil did that, the devil is attacking my children, the devil is attacking that, the devil is attacking uh, my finances, uh, bless his holy name. And you wonder, what, whose holy name are you blessing? Is it the devil's holy name? You are giving testimonies to how much, how do you praise God? Is he not telling about what God has done? How do you praise the devil? You've been telling me all the bad things he's been doing in your life. You're giving glory to him. And you even added glory to his name. What name? We pay no attention to him. Because he's a non-entity. Jesus has put him aside. That's what the scripture is letting us know. God raised us up together with what? With Christ. And he made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit. Sit with Christ. The throne of God. No angel is permitted to do that. Did you know that? Angels can't sit in his presence. Read scriptures. They are flying and worshiping. It's constant. Sit on the throne. That was what Satan wanted to do. He got kicked out. Right? But you, God raised us up together with him. 
And not only that, we are seated in the mind of God. We are seated with God in a place of authority. A place Satan can't even, no angel will even dare think. It's just we don't know the authority we have. We are seated with him. And we are part of his body. That's where we are. We can't be afraid of the enemy. He is totally defeated. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Jesus slain from the foundations of the world. Once you have that revelation, you lose your fear. In my life, I remember, and it took me a while to really understand that I really have authority over these forces because they, they gave me a lot of trouble because of my, the way I lived my life when I was growing up. These demons come in my room even after receiving Christ and oppressed me. It was really tough for me because I would call on Jesus, call on the Father, call on the Holy Spirit, please help me. And one day this demon came in my room, and um, this was in Georgia, it, it, it kind of immobilized me. Maybe you experienced that. My, I couldn't move my hand. It was even, you can't even say the word Jesus, and that frightened me. I'm a Christian. Why can't I even say the word Jesus for deliverance? And I got, I was talking to God, God, what do you have to do to really become a real Christian? Because I don't understand how these things happen to me. And I heard in my spirit, why are you screaming out to me that way? He's just a little demon. And now I can still see it, you know, back of my mind. The way the picture came to me, he says, it's just a little demon. Now you're, you're kneeling down and crying and screaming, oh God, please help me. It's just a little demon. He's standing by the room. He's laughing at you for all you're doing, crying after me. I sat back down, no more crying. <laughs> he says, this is terrible. You mean it's just a little demon? And all these years I've been going through this? I was angry. I said to that demon, come back here. Stand right there. No one in the room. You can't do this to me anymore. Amen. And then I said, get out, get lost, get out of my room. And guess what? He stopped. He stopped. He stopped totally. Even when I go back home where we, we experience that more, never. And I've been in a church. I walked in and God told me very clearly, there are many witches in this church. And I decided to play games with them. And it was funny. Some of the people in the church, they wouldn't even look up. They, they did this. And, but I didn't tell the pastor. After I got it, the pastor told me, there are, you're right, there are very many in this church. I don't know what to do with them. But I'm not scared of them. I know what I got. Amen? I have Jesus inside me. And Jesus has given us authority over them. You know, when the angels think about it, they say in Psalm 8, verse 4, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. God visiting man and wanting to be with man. For you have made him a little lower 
than angels. That's the Jewish translation, but the original language, you have made him a little lower than God himself. Think about it. And Jesus referred to it in the New Testament. He says, if God called them gods, to who, unto whom the word of God came, are you saying I'm blaspheming, blaspheming if that's a child that God has sent into the world from heaven? So God himself, you know, when we say things, they say, they say you're, he's saying we are God. No, Jesus said that. And Jesus was quoting from scriptures. And so we are in a different class from demons. They should be afraid of us, and they are afraid of us. We just need to know that they are the lowest of the spirit beings. Satan is at the very bottom today. Totally powerless. Nothing to fight with. Totally scared. Very afraid. Very afraid that you will find out the truth. That's why Jesus was clear. You shall know the truth. The, the truth will make you free. It's not Jesus will make you free. Now we know Jesus is the truth. But once you get a hold of the truth, Satan can't hold you back. He can't hold you. It's over. The game is over. God is mindful of him. For you have made him a little lower than God. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. God crowned man with glory and honor. Because of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because we have received him as Lord and Savior. Listen, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. This was after the fall. Psalms. After the fall, God is still saying what he meant. And that's the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let me say this again. God wants you to go out and challenge the enemy. And free his people that are still under the bondage of Satan. It's our job. We shouldn't be afraid of it. It's our job. Did you know Moses, and you can see patterns, the way God does his thing, there is his way patterns. How God does his, his thing. Moses was in the wilderness, right? And God sent him to Pharaoh, a type of Satan, to let his people go. And God has sent people to us to speak to us and to bring us out of that bondage. But this is God himself wanting to walk in his pattern. And I will show that from the scriptures here. In uh, Exodus chapter 5 verse 1. It says, afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh. They're speaking to type of Satan. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. 
That's what God said. Moses actually went in, spoke to Pharaoh. He wouldn't listen because God has said that would not happen. He won't, he won't listen until all the miracles, signs are exhausted. Moses had to do signs for Pharaoh to let go. And then you know what the last sign is? They sacrifice the blood. So God told, told Moses, uh, Exodus chapter 7 verse 1. So the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as what? As God. You're not God. Well, now, let me tell you this. When God says, I have made you, guess what you just become? Yeah. God said, I have made you as God. To Pharaoh. You know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to draw? God has made you as God to Satan. That's true. It says, I have made you as God. So Pharaoh and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. What we have to speak is the word of God to the enemy. And he'll let go. Jesus also returned from the wilderness. Just like Moses. It says in Luke chapter 4, verse 14... Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and and news of him went out through all the surrounding region and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. You know what happened after Jesus came out? The way I see it, after the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus came back with power and he was telling the devil, let my people go. Casting out devils, And doing all the miracles before the people. Because that's the way God wanted it. So uh, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. What was he doing? He was healing all who were oppressed by the devil. When he came back out from the wilderness... They are, they are just like Moses. Let my people go. And he was undoing the works of Satan and freeing the people from their hands. And we have the same assignment upon our lives. We can free people from demonic forces in his name. John 20 verse 21. Is, this is Bible study. Jesus said to us after he rose... He said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. It's the same way the Father sent him that we are sent. What was his assignment? He was manifested to destroy the works of Satan. And we have been manifested, recreated in Christ. We are seated with him in heavenly places. God has made us a guard to the enemy. 
And we don't have to be afraid of him. Every time Jesus sent the people out, he sent them to do a work. In Matthew 10, verse 1, he says, And when he had called his disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. And we have that same power with us today. We don't have to be afraid of demonic forces. We have authority over them, and they cannot hurt us in any way. And I'm going to give the last scripture here. Basically, we should always have this in our minds when we're dealing with people who are demonized. I found out very simply that once you made the confession, especially when your eyes are open, something is not right. If it's not making sense, suspect maybe there is a demon behind it. And you can confess generally because you may not know exactly what it is. And you say, whatever you've done, and mentioned this here before, consciously or unconsciously, to bring this oppression into your, my life as a Christian. I renounce it, and I ask for forgiveness. And they will lead you as you command them. What I have done is tell them, I don't want anything to do with you. I want you totally out of my life. And if sometimes there will be manifestation because instantly they, re, they will respond. It's funny. They will respond. Just last week I was dealing with somebody. All I had to do, we said a few words of confession. And after that, the manifestation start. Not at church here, outside the church. The manifestation began immediately. And then what I'm hearing there's so much difference in that person's life. So much difference. Right instant. And so we have that authority. This scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 18, Jesus has told us very clearly, I saw Satan fall. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. So Jesus said, this took place way back then. I was right there. I saw him fall. And the disciples had gone out and they had cast out devils. And what was Jesus saying? I see him falling again. Can I hear an amen? I see him falling again. He fell from heaven to the earth. Now he's falling again. He has no authority. And so Jesus says, look, behold, I give you authority. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power, all the power of the enemy. All means all. I have authority. Now, the authority is different from power. Like you know, a man cannot fight a baby demon. You can't see them. You can't handle them. You don't have the power. It's just like a policeman he can't tell a, uh, a Tim Wheeler, bearing down at him, he's standing on the road. Uh, you, if, if you are not in uniform and you stand, they will be honking at you. Get out before I flatten you. But if you are in uniform, you don't even have to look at the driver. You can look away and do what? Just do this. And, and they'll stop. That's authority. 
you have been given the authority and God is standing behind it and it works every time. There is no time a policeman stands on the way and asks you to stop and you refuse to stop. You know you're in real trouble if you refuse. It will work. In the same way, we have the garment of righteousness. That's our uniform, amen? You have that power to tell the enemy, stop. Stop it. That's resisting him. And no matter how hard he tries, he says nothing shall by any means hurt you. In other words, you don't even have to be concerned about what the consequences might be if I do this. It's always going to be good. Always going to be good. If you suspect there is a demonic force, whether you're dealing with somebody else, or maybe in your own life, what's going on doesn't make sense, you can address it by first making right with God. And after you've made right with God, it's easy. That's one of the things I discovered, the big secret, uh, when I dealt with a lot of demons back when I was in Africa and back also in Georgia. I, sometimes I struggled with them. Then I finally realized that they have a hold. And sometimes it's true what I hear from them. I finally realized they have a hold on the person. And so sometimes I'm with people now, I guess, somehow they know I already know. And they tell me, well, you can't cast me out because this person wants me in here. But I knew about that. All I have to do is tell the person, tell this demon, I don't want you here anymore. And once you say that from your mouth, it's established. Here on earth and in heaven. And they know they have to go. And sometimes they live quietly. Sometimes they're screaming. In whatever form, they have to go. Amen? You have the authority according to the word of God. Jesus has given you the power. He's not taking the power back. He's giving you power over the enemy, all the power of the enemy. And then he's told you, nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you can exercise the power. Would you stand up with me tonight? Um, I'm going to name certain things that probably when you're dealing with people, if people have drug addiction or any form of addiction, sometimes it's a, they, there's a demonic force behind it. Especially when they are struggling, they want to be free and they're still struggling. Um, it doesn't mean that situation is going to stop right after the demon leaves. They have to be taught. Okay? <laughs> They have to stay in church and begin to learn the word of God so that they know not to open the door again. But suspect that. And what you need to do is, can I pray for you? Go through the prayer and address the demons. Maybe that will be the beginning of a ministry in your life. We don't have deliverance ministry. We are just ministers. Amen? Just try and help people. That's what it's all about. It's a joy when you see somebody helped. The lady uh, I prayed with outside the church, and she called me this afternoon. Guess what? Now she wants to bring all her children. Please help. 
and she's happy. Her voice is high. She's, she feels free. And for me, it's a joy. You spent a little time. All the thank you doesn't make any sense to me. The Lord did it for you. You're free. Go free somebody else. Amen? But they can, they're feeling that freedom. You can do that. That's the purpose for the message. Do something and help people. Amen? And let them feel that freedom. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and let him know that you recognize that you have the power. If the person is willing to be free, you can free them. That's what Jesus said. He sent us out to say to Satan, let my people go. And you can say it to them. If they are willing, they, they'll come out of, the world, uh, of that bondage and go with you to worship the God of your salvation. Father, I thank you. These are some of the manifold wisdom of God that you have revealed to the church. So that we know that we have authority. We don't have to be ministers of the gospel per se. As ordained ministers by man. But children of God ordained by God himself. Every one of us. And we are willing and able to go out in your name. To free those that have been bound. You have anointed us with your Holy Spirit. And you have said, sent us out to set the captives free. And we are willing by your grace. Be with your people today. Lord, if there is anyone here that has the spirit of fear, let that go from us today in the name of Jesus. And let us reach out to help those that are hurting. Because we have the authority. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.